The following is a KPV Media Works production. Choose your fighter. What is going on, guys? Back with another episode of KPB Cast. This is the one and only Rodimus Prime. I just want to remind you guys that if you're not watching it live on Twitch or on YouTube, you can catch us on one of our podcast channels on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. So check that out. You want to listen on the go in your headset, in your bedroom. It's all good. But today, we have one of our own here today, member of KPB, a guy I've known in a short amount of time, but I'm very proud of his accomplishments and just the way he just gets around the community, the way he's just have so much, so much love shown to him in such a little amount of time. I want to welcome Kofi, a.k.a. Acoustics. What's up, baby? What is going on, man? How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you doing today, man? I'm chilling, man. You know, we're just hanging out, you know, today, uh, impromptu. Uh, usually I have something, some sort of, like, idea of where I want to go with the discussion, but we're just going to wing it today and just, like, whatever comes to mind, we'll just talk about. So, yeah. I'm, you, listen, listen. That? I'm a massive improv. You know, right. maybe you can start the show. You can just ask a question, you know. Man, <laughs> put you on the spot because I'm always asking questions, man. You are, you are. All right, so I'm gonna shoot <laughs> you on real quick, real quick, right? Okay. What was the moment that? What was like a defining moment for you that let you that let you think, man, I want to stay involved with fighting games. Like, what was the moment that hit you and said, man, this this is what I want to do? Hmm. Right. So that's a good one. That's a real good question. Um, as you know, doing anything in the FGC. Or any gaming community starts off as a struggle. Like it, it's it's hard. It's you. It, it's it's a struggle. It's like pushing a a boulder uphill, and like you just have to keep pushing until you get to that apex, and you can finally breathe. You know. And one one of the things. Pause. No problem. Did he, did you... <laughs> you got the sniffles. Yo, did he, did you sure, no problem. Oh. Uh, what is? Studio we have today. Yo, what is Studio Indeed? Okay, I'll uh, get this over to you. All right, editing, editing, editing. All right, we can keep this going. It's, just, it's, it's natural, you know. Where it's just... Oh yeah, get that all on the podcast, man. <laughs> oh no, yeah, man. No. Um, so back to your question. Um, right. I think you know I, I've told this before, definitely on my episode, which you should guys watch the first yes, one, right? Um. We talked about the struggles of, of how we got into event broadcasting, right? Mm-hmm. And what that took. And um, I tell you now, in all the years, Steve and I and anyone that's helped us have been broadcasting, it's it's not a rewarding job. Like, I have people from, not TOs, I don't have issues with TOs, um, but people not happy with something or... You know, you get a lot of entitled people in the community. I, I remember when uh, we weren't uh, putting out our content right away that we streamed. Like, mm-hmm. we just didn't have the time, right? And then, like, and for anyone that's ever, like, streamed an event and then go back and export the stuff out to, like, YouTube or whatever, it's it's annoying. Like, it's video editing, all that stuff takes time. And I remember, like, it would be a day in after the event, and we're just like, I'm trying to wind down from the weekend, right? The long weekend. Like, it takes a day sometimes to wind down from the weekend. And I'm getting emails and, like, unknowns in my in my Twitter, like, you know, <laughs> where the fuck is the video? You know, I'm like, 
<laughs> dude, like, I don't owe you anything, my man. Like, what's, what is really, you know, like, and that's, you get a lot of that entitlement in the community. Um, yeah. I, I'll tell you another story. Uh, I, w- I was streaming, um, this was, uh, oh my God, like TFC, the Fall Classic. Mm-hmm. This was, I think, the Fall Classic. I want to say 2014, 2014, 2014, no, 2015, because it was two years in before we started streaming there. But I, I went to all but like one fall classic when it was still around. It was a short lived tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was a it was a tournament made by um, Biggie Gaming and um, Final Round and Biggie Gaming Final Round and ECT at the time. So those three tournaments came together to make this one tournament mm-hmm. that's supposed to represent all the regions, right? The Northeast and the Southeast regions kind of like represent all those people. So there was a midway point between the New York region tournaments and uh, and the final round tournament, which was in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. They set it on North Carolina. So everyone comes down there to do this event. So we're there the second year. And that was a crazy year. The power went out that weekend. Like that, And this is like... You know, I, I'm sorry I'm going off on a tangent here. Like, mm-hmm. this is a lot. Um, I just want to point out, like, how, like, a lot of the East Coast heels, uh, I, I, you know, I want to put out there and say maybe because they're black, <laughs> you know, that mm-hmm. they get a lot of crap from the community on how they run things. And I don't know any tournament to this day that has faced such, like, such a, such a hard time and then was able to still run it, you know, and come through and run it on time. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm talking about this is like six o'clock on a Saturday. We were like, this is mid tournament. Like people are about to qualify if they haven't qualified already for their games for Sunday. Ooh. And it's getting hot and, and testy and power goes out because there's a hurricane. A hurricane was in the area. Okay. And it was just heavy winds. No, nobody got hurt. And it was, you know, just heavy winds, heavy rain, but it knocked the power out. And um, the communion came together. You know, we, 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 we toughed it out. Sunday morning, the power's back on. We finished the tournament on time. I mean, I granted people left, whether it was for their safety or because they thought they couldn't do anything. Yeah. But, you know, we did it. We, and But before that happened, we had just started the day, and we were streaming Marvel's, Cap, Marvel's Capcom for the Ultimate. And um, it was the first match, and we had the stream up. We are ready to go. And the first match is going, and the first match is about, it's about to end. Like, the first ma- match is about to end. And, like... I forget who was fighting or whatever, but they scored a hit. And as as the hit is going on, they scored the hit. Um, I feel someone like pass behind me. Like, you know, you can feel someone's presence, or whatever. Yeah. And then the, my power goes out over at my stream, and I'm like, "What the?" You know. And I jump up, and there's this some some person that entered the tournament that I don't know walked behind our setup <laughs> to give one of the commentators. <laughs> Uh, to get something from one of the commentators, which for whatever to this day I can't figure out, it couldn't wait until the end of the match, <laughs> right? And honestly, if it wasn't for Afro Dynamic, which I say thank you, I was gonna beat somebody up at that event because because I was like, come on, dude. And then like I look at him, he's like, what? Like, and I'm like, oh, so you know what the fuck you did, right? And you don't care apparently, you know. So so. But, you know, I try not to be that guy. I try not to be violent. I don't, violence is not my first answer to everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to figure out why. But I was there, bro. <laughs> I was there. So, you know, it's a it's a thankless job to stream. Mm-hmm. And we endure so much. But at the end of the day, when that one person types, hey, man, I love your stream. 
hey man, I love your commentary. I've done commentary for like KOS, my favorite game. When I hear those things about us and our stream, it makes up for all the nonsense. That one person, it's not, it's not 10 people telling us, I don't care if it's 10 people, that one person that I feel generally is giving me a compliment or giving us a compliment makes all of this worth it. So. I respect that. That's all I respect my mind right there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, that's enough. I'm not answering any more questions. We're going back to you. <laughs> um, tell us about yourself, man. Like, just, just, just remove all aspects of gaming from your life. Like, who, who is Kofi? Who is Kofi? Man. Um, wow. So, before gaming everything, because actually my gaming career is really recent, right? Before that, I actually always wanted to be a lawyer. I was a part of my school's mock trial team. Okay. Um, and I had just been studying law since I was little, right? Um, I went to high school over, I've always, I've always lived in New York all my life, right? Mm. Went to high school, uh, I tested into a specialized high school, Brooklyn Latin, everything. Uh, I was like, I was, I was going to be one of those kids that the parents like planned a career for. My mom mm. worked for the city. She she was fine. So she wanted you to be something in her head. Like, yeah, in her head. She, what was that? What did she want you to be? She 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 wanted law. Okay. She she wanted, she, law. She, she wanted law or something, and dad was dad was an activist. Let, let me let me stop you right there. Uh, what's your family's ethnic background? Uh, black African American. Okay. Uh, and they're like so they're uh they're they're, they're straight. I mean so so we so, all trace, so is it Africa direct? So so it's like so my name Kofi mm. is means born on Friday okay. in, in Ghana. Okay. Because that's that's like uh with the African part of my family that at least my family knows that's what they are because right, yes. they they also are um a they're also part of the Afghan people which is like it's also an African religious group. Um, and my family always practiced. So they like completely Afrocentric. Okay. So, so my parents have always been about like studying, work, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, dad was a bit more free will right. because he was he was like a full time like activist. Okay. He always fought for the black community. He got adopted by uh by Sonny Abubadika Carson. Okay. And he so he's always been raised around pro African things. He worked uh, with the Black Vets Foundation when they still had their spot over on uh, Fulton and Nostrand in Brooklyn mm-hmm. over at Restoration Plaza. Uh, they don't have it anymore, but, you know. And so as I've, I've always just been raised in that kind of environment where, like, we know we have to work hard because I was black, right? Right. That's, that's not even a question. Okay. So that's that's what they always, like, figured for me, right? Um. But then around my time in high school, around my sophomore year, my mom had a stroke and a brain aneurysm. Mm, sorry to hear that. Yeah. Dad dad had a stroke before her. So mm. he so he wasn't even working. You know, already he wasn't working. He used to work at a laundromat overnight. And I would help. And then from there I would go to the school in the morning because his health was already failing. Right. So he was just there just like to hold shop until I got there, helped. And then I would go to school in the morning after working, right? That was already making me, like, late for school sometimes. But I'd still, like, kind of get the work done. Mm. But then when mom had the full stroke and brain aneurysm, I had to get into, like, actual work immediately because, like, he, he his health was failing. Right. And I was the only kid that they still had 
because I was the only ki- I was the only child they they had together. Okay, they had like separate kids, but they were like way older than me, and we don't even talk. Right. So I understand that totally. Yeah. So 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 that that was that. So I got into like I looked up what's the quickest thing that a big black man can get into in New York <laughs> that will pay legally, and it was security. Yes. Um. My first things before, because you have to pay for a security license, of course. Right. I didn't have any money yet. <laughs> so my first few times in security, it was about, a, I want to say about half a year to mm-hmm. about like nine months of me working off the book security as a bouncer. And no one questioned me because I was I was big as hell as a kid. I'm, I'm six foot, like over 200 something pounds. No one's going to ask if, if I want to bounce for you. Right. You're going to let me bounce for you because I... Might as well, right? So I did that for for a while. It paid bills. You made decent money, especially if the now, guy. Now, you 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 bounced, right? Yeah. I I did some bouncing. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Very little known knowledge for you know nothing I always talk about. Yeah. Um, there was a long not a long time ago, but some many moons ago. Uh, I left New York and I lived. I left New York City, and I lived in Niagara Falls for a short amount of time, and. One of the jobs I did over the summer, like I bounced, so I know what what it is to be a bouncer and stuff. Uh, have you ever had a dangerous situation? That's that, a yeah. So that's that's how I get into you. Why I immediately went legit because like when you're <laughs> when you're bouncing, like you make a lot more money quicker because it's all off the books, and then depending on who you bounce for, you can make even more money. Because the person who's running it might get a little drunk or high, yeah. and if you're also the one collecting money at the door. So give them a little off the top for yourself for <laughs> yeah. business expenses. Okay, you know what I'm saying. So that that's easy. Mm-hmm. But this is about this is about my last month of bouncing, right? Mm-hmm. Do a party over at Williamsburg, and these dudes get into a fight, right? Because one dude's just being hella creepy at the party, and all these are illegal parties because these right, are these are the high school kids, the specialized high school kids. You know how they get down. They'll study during the weekday, and then like summer hits, and it's like, oh yeah. It's time. It's time to get wasted. It's time. To, it's time to get in it. You know what I'm saying? Get in. It's time to get it in. You know what I'm saying? So, so around that time, all these kids are wasted, right? Alcohol at the party is usually done within the first two hours, mm-hmm. right? So at this point, it's about it's about the hour and a half in. So the kids are completely wasted over whatever substance that, of course, I legally do not know <laughs> about. <laughs> whatever they're doing, they're they're just fucked up. So one dude is being creepy around the female bathrooms, right? So then the girl's boyfriend comes over because he keeps bothering this one. Mm-hmm. So they start fighting. So I have to break it up because um, their boys are also want to get into a fight. This this party was big enough that I had gotten two other dudes to bounce with me. So we were chilling, right? And Wait, you didn't ever did a gig by yourself. I, I didn't have to do that gig by myself. Did you ever do a gig by yourself? Oh, yeah, of course. What? what? That's... Oh, you can't. I've the bouncing I've done. I've done off the books too. Uh-huh. I've always been like a team. Like these are big places, you know. Um, so, so with the ahead, yeah, yeah. So with the high school kids, like I start off small. So okay. the, this is Airbnbs. This is the era okay. where Airbnbs are first starting out. So the first couple of parties, of course, I can do by myself, right? Well, they're small areas. They're small area. It's yeah. one house. Right. This is easy. But even still, somebody's you're, 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 you're by yourself. People do come in groups. Yeah, I was scared. I was never scared. I was never scared. Like I, I, this was that funny enough. This was the most dangerous scenario I've been in, and this was the only party I've ever done multiple, multiple bouncers. 
every other one I've done by myself. I okay. didn't care. That's why that's why people want to hire me because it's cheaper to hire one person. But I'm course, like, yeah. yeah, I'm like, I don't care if it's multiple you kids. Being Captain America in the hood, man, trying to listen. These are <laughs> I knew these kids. I went to school with them. Right. They, they were soft. So you you just you you wasn't worried about anything. Like you, everyone kind of knew each other. Kind of is is that? But you gotta remember, before bouncing, I worked overnight at my dad with the laundry. Right. So and honestly, you that's the element. That situation is a lot more dangerous than bouncing sometimes. Right. Yes. Because you got the crackheads late at night don't give a fuck. If you had a 24-hour laundry mat, they don't care. They're coming in your bathroom to get high. Right? right. I had to fight off like two dudes who had wanted to rob my pop once. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I smoked a dude in the leg with a bat. I don't <laughs> care. Like, like, <laughs> like, like, So, I don't care about a room full of high school kids. Gotcha. Be- gotcha. So, so you, yeah, you had a rough, you had your training. So yeah, I had my training this already. Is definitely so, light work, but go ahead. So this was light work, right? But this scenario, these dudes start fighting, right? So me and my dudes break it up. I like smoke this dude into a wall, right? I'm like, all right, you got to get out of here. You've been creepy the entire night. Her boyfriend and the dude want you out of here. And I've been watching you this entire time and you, you've got to go. You're a problem. Mm-hmm. You and your boys, take your boy out of here. There's no more liquor anymore. Go. Mm-hmm. They do that. They come back towards the later of the night. Oh, we're trying to get everyone out now because I'm like, all right, it's time to go. There's no more drinks, no alcohol. Now it's just a room of hot, musty kids. Let's close this shit down. Yeah, it got even weirder because like some older dude had came around asking to come in. I'm like, it's always one of those. I'm like, I'm like, bro, bro, these are high school kids. This is you're not on the list. Go, please. Yeah, you're like, sure, I'll pay thirty to get in so you could do creepy shit. <laughs> Get the fuck out. Like, 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 no. Like, this is not okay. Like, you're a grown-ass man. Go home. I'm like, all right. At that point, that's a sign from the Lord. It's time to shut the party down, right? The dudes come back, and I guess one of them, for some reason, just have, like, a black Subaru, right? And, like, they pull up, and one dude, like, pulls a gun out the back of his car. Fun time. Yo, I'm like, well, I've already given the dude's cut of the money, the guy who did the party. Mm -hmm. I gave his cut of the money to him already because I was closing everyone up and getting everyone out. I see the dudes pull back up and I see the trunk open. I see that shit. I'm like, yo, it's time to get the fuck out. The bounce, me and my dudes, uh, the other bouncers, they got a car. I'm like, yo, I got a, I got our money. We'll get the fuck out of here now and we'll split when we later. Yeah. When I saw that shit and they were looking around for probably either for me or the guy's, the guy's boyfriend that they were fighting with, mm-hmm. I was like, nah, nah, I'm getting the fuck out of here. That's it. That's my last time, like bouncing off the books. That was some bullshit. I'm I'm not getting shot because these motherfuckers lost, got their ass whooped. They had to get out. Oh, it's always what it is. It's always it's what never, it is. It's never, you know, you don't have the hands. Yeah, you, know, you can't you can't back up what you say. So yeah, I was like, nah, come this, back with the toolie. I'm like, this ain't it, the money's good, but it's not worth my life. Uh, I have enough money. I could get me a security license now. It was also because I was still underage. Of course. Yeah. So, so I had to be 18 before I could get a security license. So that's why I was doing everything off the books. But I was like, all right, boom, I got my money. I'm about to be 18 in a couple of weeks. This money will last me until I could get my security license. That's it for me. I'm done. That was the last shit I bounced. Illegally. At, illegally. That was it. <laughs> they tried to hit you with the guy. Yo, they tried to. I was like, really? Y'all motherfuckers got told to go and came back with. Yo, but you know what? That that everything comes in the form of a sign, right? Something yep. always tells you where it's time to move on, right? Yeah, yeah. And that was it for you. That was um, it for me. So that's the side not of video games that we know, of course. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's a small part. I'm sure there's much more to you, and you're a complex individual. Um, 
But I know that you've had a presence in like the local New York City gaming community for years. Like yeah. not you're not years, you're, enough time. Like it was enough time. You're not new to this. Like you, so. So when did that start for you? So uh, that started, funny enough, with Microsoft. Okay. Um, it started with the release of a game called For Honor, right? Mm-hmm. And mind you, I never had time for gaming because parents were like strict on like the gaming. You thing. had a lot. You had to be a man early yeah, on. Yeah, and then I had to be a man early on. Yeah, so. so this one, all right, I have a set schedule to work. Now I now I'm adult basically. Mm-hmm. So what I do with my free time, I'm like, damn, uh, let me see how this gaming thing is going, right? Um, and I pick up a game with my boys called For Honor. Mm-hmm. This is like it's in its fifth year now, but I was there from like date. I was there from the beta, mm-hmm. right? So I play the game and I just fall in love with it. I'm like, yo, I get to play a samurai. I get to like live out my fantasies in my head. Mm-hmm. And I get to kill people. This is fun. Like, yo, this is this is great. So I'm just playing the game and I'm like trying to find more people to play online with. Mm-hmm. And uh, I run into a thing uh, where it says, oh, tournament for four on at the Microsoft store. I'm like, I don't know. Let's see. Let's see how a tournament goes. Like this, this is my first time ever doing a tournament. So your first tournament, anything. This is my first tournament, everything, anything. Yeah. Okay. Like I technically had one that I went with a friend. This was at Nebulous Gaming before they shut down. Mm-hmm. I was just there because I found my old GameCube controller, like my brother's older GameCube controller. And I was like, let's let's try out Super Mario um, Smash sixty four. Mm-hmm. That didn't go well because the, the they were sweating and I had no idea what was going on. And I got body, so I don't even consider that one. But this was a game where I had played, and I was consistent. I played with my friends. I was busting their ass. I was like, yo, I could get into this. Let's go. It's first tournament. Let's see how it goes, right? The tournament started as a series of 2v2s, mm-hmm. right? And the, the tournament coincided with uh, Microsoft trying to launch their own streaming service. Right. This was, this was before it was called Mixer. Mm-hmm. It was called Beam. Right, yeah. So I was still on Beam before they even had Mixer and everything, and Microsoft was trying to build it up. So I kept doing those tournaments, and that's how people first kind of knew me, because I was one of the first people to ever appear on Microsoft's channel for Beam. And I was decent at the tournaments. Um, there was a series of 2v2s. I would get, like, second or third. There was there was one team that got first for every single one of them. They were nasty. Mm-hmm. They were called Easy Street. And like I just kept losing those motherfuckers, and I still hold on it to this day. But that's that's a future story. That that'll come on later. That goes on even like in, into later stuff. So I kept doing that, right? And Microsoft liked the energy I was bringing because, like, you know, I, I've always been a hype man, right? I'm like, oh yeah, let's get woo woo. Y'all need someone to cheer in the crowd while the game is going. Let's go woo. Mm-hmm. So Microsoft would like invite me to come through if they needed like people or bodies for things, and then that led on to me doing more stuff for Microsoft. At one point, they had like a dance dance revolution competition, and I don't dance, but they were like, "Cool, six, you're funny enough. Let's do it. We're gonna try to make like a production show thing." I was like, "Fine, cause I love you guys. Fuck it, let's do this." We mm-hmm. did that. And, like, there was even a period of time I streamed from the studios that they had on the fifth floor of the flagship store. Yeah, I remember that studio. You were, yeah. I've been there a couple times. You, you've so. been there. You, you've done your thing there. Mm-hmm. So they had me streaming from there. I was like, nice. So I was actually one of the first accounts ever on Beam, too. Like, I, before they deleted the entire thing, I, I, I probably would have been one of the oldest accounts. Right. So, so I, I was just doing that for them, right? And then, like... I, I, I don't want to say like For Honor died, but it wasn't in a good period. 
right? So, and then also... Why was that? Was it a change in the game people didn't like? Was it, it the community? So, so, there was a problem, right? The community attracted a certain type of people. Mm-hmm. And they were... Of course, there's always awkward gamers, right? But these people were kind of like... They they were this, this is beyond they were racist they were racist okay. let's call it they, what it is let's, we're gonna it. call it spade with spade right, yeah. they were racist racist like kids inside their parents like fucking in their basement and shit yeah. and it was pretty bad but then on top of that the community had a bigger issue at hand not not just because of that right but it was because of the fact that the game the the developers had a vision of the game that was meant for PC. Okay. Because PC gaming was, of course, on the rise at the time, and people were trying to get. They were they the way they were balancing the game and making decisions were based on how PC people were enjoying the game. Okay. But the problem was the biggest community for the game and the biggest community for a lot of the games still is on console, right? Now that the the game's even more focused on PC now, but like at the beginning, it was tiring as a console player to constantly try to enjoy the game. When they're adjusting it to people who aren't really carrying it, like all well, what kind of adjustment were they making that favorite PC game? So the game was meant to run at sixty FPS. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the moves of the game were balanced around that because we didn't really count frames; we counted how moves worked in milliseconds. Right, right. So it's kind of what we do in the fighting community. That's what we do in fighting community, we, but we call it measures. frames. Right, yeah, yeah, we call it frames. But for for me, I started calling games. I started calling moves in milliseconds. Right. So you had. 300 millisecond moves that are easy to parry on PC because the game is meant to run on that and you have yeah and it's running at 60 FPS. So the it, it, the transition didn't help console players but Microsoft seemed to focus on the least Microsoft populated um subculture right which was the PC gamers. So no, my, this is why I liked Microsoft. Microsoft was focusing on the game on like Xbox because you couldn't do PS4 in Microsoft Studio, they wouldn't let you. Right. So it was Xbox consoles. So everyone was fine because we were doing it on Xbox. And that's that's why I was playing it on, on Xbox. That's a lot of the people I knew in the community were from Xbox. I didn't know many of the PC community until much later in the game's lifetime. So we were fine with that because we had a community here in New York, which was like the highest density. And we were all playing on console, Xbox, and everything. But they were balancing it as if everyone was playing on PC. But it just wasn't working out for console players. I couldn't enjoy the game because, like, some things were just legitimately weren't reactable on PS4 or or Xbox. Gotcha. Right. And but the game had a lot of traction. It was to the point. Think this. This is and then this is what led me to get into fighting games, because the game managed to snag a spot at Defend the North. Mm. It was, I think it was either 2017, 2018, Defend the North. The game managed to snag a spot. It wasn't a main a main stage game, but it was there. So I ended up getting picked up by uh, Team Initio, right? They It's because I knew, I met them through Microsoft. It was really cool, right? So they, they, um, they took me to my first major, which was Defend the North. And all I ended up playing was, was uh, For Honor. And I did really well. I got, I think, fourth. And I had, like, the longest running match of For Honor in the tournament because I played the slowest character. And I, I was a turtle. Mm-hmm. That's how I originally played. Like, I was an incredibly big turtle because my character was the slowest in the game, had the most punishable moves in the game. He was you were just slow. I had to do I do. I was, a, I was essentially playing a grappler, right? right. So I was doing that, and I, I was just known for patient play. And I had, like, 
And this guy was one of the best in the world at the game. And we just had like just a long running set that came down the clutch. And it was it was amazing. And I got approached by another team after that because they saw how well I did against all their players. They were like, wow, this guy is really good. And I was just I was still young. I was like, I was like 18, 19. So I'm I'm not that old hmm. at this point. I'm just like, I was hyped up. I was I was in there just hyped up off Red Bull and like of tournament hype. And I was just there, I'm like, man, this feeling is like amazing. This is like adrenaline and like just peak competition. I'm like, I love this feeling, right? So the guys, so the guys approach me, and this team is called AGC. Um, and I I don't sometimes I think back at this and regret it, right? As one of like my first moves in the fighting game community, so to speak, mm-hmm. or just like as a player. And I left the team I was with. And then and I there's no black blood between me. Like we still chill and they, like we still follow each other and everything. It's just like I was the only one on that team playing for honor. And like this was a team that was almost centered around for honor players. And I was like, man, this would be a much better environment for me. Or like yeah, there's so much I, more I, I can, can do. I can understand that as someone that's ran a team now for almost a decade. Um <laughs> if you don't get a lot of like minded players on the team, they kind of feel alienated. Like this like it, yep. it, it's tough. Like you, you have to have people that are in your team makeup that kind of play the same game. I feel, um, and and that's not saying it doesn't work because there's definitely teams out yeah. there that have individual players that focus on games. But as a as a family, they work together. Yeah, you know. So, but I always feel like it's good to have at least one other player. Exactly. You know that you can you know say within the teams you know box like hey you know what's up how you do this or let's play let's talk about this you know and so I understand that totally. You go from like. No one on your team that you can talk to about the game, to a whole team of people that won't yes, play. yeah, exactly. So. Like there was a whole, like there were it was like it was like it just seemed so good. I'm like, yeah, I have like I there was about two other people that played for honor on on that team on 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 the initial team, mm. but one played on PS4, another played on PC. So we never got to really play with each other, and they were more focused on other games like Overwatch, and like everyone in the group played Overwatch except me. So I'm like, mm. damn, I'm just like. And then the team comes up offering is like, yeah, you had full practice with like some of the, they were some of the best players in the game. And like it was like, oh, I can just play with them. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, I ended up joining AGC. Right. Uh, and it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad at all. This is like the team. The team kind of felt like fam- the team kind of felt like family. I, I knew some of the dudes. I was the only one from New York. Uh, the team was, I will admit, was heavily white. Mm. I was probably, there was probably only other, like, two black people. And I was one. Mm-hmm. So, so, but we still got along. Like, they, they weren't, I would say, like, those people were good-mannered. They were never, they were never racist to me. They were never bad to me. That's good. Right. So, that, that was fine. Right. So, we keep playing For Honor for a couple more seasons. Right. And eventually, Microsoft has a big tournament for For Honor. And it's a, a multi-week thing, and the AGC boys come uh, come in from other places because the the leader or the owner of AGC puts them up, and we we just we just we ram it because we're literally the top four of of the eight people that 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 make it right, hmm. and so so that happens, and at that point everything is still going good, and I'm like man this is really good. Then one day, just like randomly, this shit is still, it still mind boggles me how I was asleep for most of it. And I just wake up and like, 
all the shit that I've been a part of, like, essentially disappears. So, there's a big argument in the group of AGC. It's because the team has multiple owners, right? They're, like, co-leaders. But, apparently, they have, like, personal issues with each other and on the side and everything. And, of course, I'm in their Discord. And I just wake up one day. And, like, I wake up in the middle of the day off, like, just some random, random day. And the Discord, half the people are gone. There's just a bunch of beef. People were calling people out on like personal shit. Like me young. Like, like I don't even want to say it's like, ugly, yeah. It's it's it gets real ugly. Sounds like and something just exploded. Like people it, it, ju- it just fucking exploded. And how long were you on the team before that happened? Like <sighs> I was on the team maybe for about like four months, four four or five. So you probably just had no idea. I had no idea. Because that doesn't sound like just four months of that was not just four months. Like that was not just a four months. Big I was not just for lots, lots of you know bad things happening over time, and it just came to a head. Yeah, yeah. So that, that sucks. So that, that that I'm just like damn, and like half the team leaves with one owner, and then half stays with them, and I'm just like, I'm just like, I don't know you guys enough to like really choose a side just, on this. Just gonna so out. I just I just edge stayed left. I'm just like smart man. Yo, I was like, well, um, it's great working with you guys. No one's really. No one's really being, no one's really attracted to me in this thing, but I, I'll stay cordial with you guys. But I'm gonna just help do my own thing, yeah. you know. Um, so a couple, this this is about the year that Dragon Ball also comes out. So I'm like, I I got attracted to fighting games because when I when I went to that major where I, where I did for honor, after I was finished playing for honor, I looked at the other games on the main stage. I'm like, man. These guys had an even bigger crowd because Four Honor was stuck in the basement, and it's just a room of us like neckbeards. It's just <laughs> it's just a room of neckbeards. Oh, neckbeard tournament. He's a neckbeard tournament. I'll be I'll be honest. A Four Honor was set up for neckbeards. They have they have a Viking class, a knight class, and a, and a samurai class. I'm like, <laughs> those are like the three the three the three tiers of weave right there, like or, or the three tiers of neckbeard. You guys are practically asking for us. <laughs> and then I go upstairs to the main stage. I'm like, man, everyone's really cheering loud, enjoying themselves up there. And I'll be honest, some more black people up there too. <laughs> so I'm like, yo, this shit look, this, this look lit up here. What's going on here? And I see like Tekken. Mm-hmm. I see Tekken. I see Injustice too. I'm like, man, this looks really cool. Like, and I, and I, 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 I will admit, I'm a bit of a person that likes being the center of attention, or I like, I like, I like doing star type things. Right? Mm-hmm. I never let it get my ego get that inflated but man i like i like it when the cameras are rolling and i could i could play the crowd and like i like bringing hype you know yeah. so i'm like maybe i should try one of these games you know like let's let's see how it is so uh my first game i try is tekken and this is before fighters comes out mm-hmm. so i i don't even know about fighters because i this is my first jump into an actual fighting game mm-hmm. i've never played another fighting game before Right. You, you tell, hold on. At, at, at this point, yeah, you've never touched a fighting game. At I've never. Oh, so a lot of people because I study up when I when I wanted to become a commentator, which I'll get to in the future. Hmm. I study up immediately because I don't like I don't like talking about things I don't know. Right. I don't like feeding people false information. Okay. I don't like being the dumbest person in the room. Right. I, okay. I, I don't like that. So that that's why a lot of people because I have knowledge of other fighting games. That's why people assume I come from playing other fighting games. <laughs> I've never played a fighting game. Before Dragon Ball Fighters, right? Tekken is my closest. Not even casually. You never not touched it. Casually, no. 
I even told you, as a kid, I was scared when my parents would give me first-person shooter games, actually. Like, I, I, I really didn't game. I, should I be playing this? I'm playing yeah, people. Like, I, like, I, like, so one of my favorite games now that I look back on it is Crisis 3. Hmm. My parents just randomly got it for me on the PS3 when I had it. I was scared to play it. Like, I was I was a man in an exo-powered armor suit. I would hide during a lot of the first person. Yo, <laughs> I would just hide my ass off most of the time. Like I was just scared. Like I was scared of that. Um, I liked I like third person games. Like yeah. I like single player games. Like everything. But I've never played a fighting game. I mean, let me played... tell you something. I I feel you on like the first person thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, something I found out recently. Um, remember remember Modern Warfare too? Yeah, yeah. how popular that was. Like really, like Call of Duty. Even the first ones all set set in the nineteen tens, whatever. It was all popular. When yep. Modern Warfare 2 came out, it skyrocketed the, the whole franchise. Definitely right? did. So that was my foray into like Modern Warfare. I mean, Call of Duty. I wasn't, I was never a huge FPS like player. Like, oh, yeah. I've had moments I got where I was interested, but never across, across the whole time period really interested in, in FPSs, right? Mm-hmm. So I remember having Modern Warfare 2 and playing it, and I played the story mode, right? I found out, I don't know if you have, do you have you ever played Modern Warfare 2? No. Okay, so so in Modern Warfare 2, for those that don't know, mm-hmm. um, there's a scene that uh, depicts violence. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, no, Russian. The Russian, okay, so yeah, you, know, yeah, you know about I know, it. I know, I know. I and know. they actually give you an option whether if you want to play it or not. Yes. You can actually skip it, you know. And I'm like, you know, I'm an adult at this point, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. How yep. bad is a game? How bad? Yep. You know, I play Mortal yep. Kombat. Yup, yup. I said, okay, whatever. I'm playing this scene, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So you're basically. You know, the game is old, so I don't care if you haven't seen it at this point. I'm going to spoil it. <laughs> you're going through the airport, and you're undercover. You're undercover, uh, pretending to be one of the Russian, right? The Russian uh, members. Mm-hmm. So the Russians were sent on on a mission to go in there and just kill everyone in the airport. Yep. And when I say kill everyone, I'm talking about women and children. Oh, yeah. And I was so shocked at the situation. Mm-hmm. I didn't pull a trigger. Like there was something so morally strong in me. Yep. <laughs> that I was like, "Yo, this in there murking everybody." Yo, they they murked everyone. Everyone. And, they said, and I felt like, <gasps> "Yo, how I, I, I was shocked." You know. And then of course it was a setup. They kill you. Yeah. Because you, know, you play different people in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a setup to kill you. You an American spy. You you led the team. So now. The world's at war with you because you, you as an American spy, went to Russia and killed all these people. Yeah. Right? So that was them instigating the U.S. But, you know. Yeah. But that whole situation made me question my morality. I mean, I'm not, I know it was a game at the end of the day, but. Yeah. But I'm, it's like, like I, what type of person are you that even as a game, like, you could sit there and just mow people down. Yeah. Or like. And take, enjoy it. And then I find out I was judged for not shooting. Like, I'm like, you guys are sick, man. <laughs> You, you, you FPS guys are very sick, man. No, I wasn't going to shoot women or, or no women or children in any setting, especially a video game, let alone real life. Like, come on. Like, yeah. I, I just something I don't think about doing. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I played Division 2, and I don't I don't shoot the random stray dogs and, and, and birds that, like, you know, they, they're not attacking me. Why am I shooting them, you know? Nope. They're like deer that run away from you, you know? Mm-hmm. There's a reason why they run away from you, because they're sitting there, you know, killing each other off. So it was like... But yeah, so I I understand the whole crisis and yeah. And so I, I I I at that point I wasn't built like that. Surprisingly <laughs> enough, for what I was built for in the real world, I wasn't built for it in video games. Right, right, right. Exactly. So so 
so I try out Tekken, right? And, like, I get a rudimentary understanding of the game. Some people say I picked it up pretty quickly. I had a, I had a decent... I even had, like, some decent matches, right? Because another KPP member, Nay, you know Nay. Mm-hmm. Um, funny enough, I first met May during a Tekken tournament mm-hmm. at Microsoft, right? My first match, I, I, I fight Shrubs and I beat Shrubs. And then I end up playing Nay. And because it's a tournament... Um, they they had me go for my right. They had me fight Nay on another setup immediately, but of course I'm not a fighting game player. So one of the first things that you should know, and this is a tip to all you fighting game players, check your buttons <laughs> before you sit down and play a match. Yes, that is that is the first thing you should be doing. Button checking. I don't check my buttons against Nay at all. Hmm. Right. So I go uh I go against him. The classic. I just, Boom! I lose, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh damn! I get sent to losers, right? And it's a it's a real small tourney. It's like an eight man bracket. So then, for some reason, I also end up playing dancer okay. at one point. Shout out to Maurice, that's the homie. Yo, shout out to Maurice, you know me. So so dancer, I play him. I go to one, which isn't too bad, right? Mm-hmm. Like feel like, well, when did you pick up the game? I'm like, well, I picked up the game about two months ago. So like that that's the height that was the height of my of my thing. I'm like, yeah. I'm like everything seems simple enough, right? Like yeah. I just I just thought of like instead of instead of thinking of milliseconds how I used to do in For Honor and Punishes, because yeah. For Honor essentially had the thing where there was frames, you punished, mm-hmm. you had to know how to whiff punished, you had to know what was punishable on block, right. what was punishable on barry. So well, all of that was able to translate. That was uh, there was so when the game was popular for um for honor, excuse me. Yeah. Um there was a lot of FTC players that Played it at least casually, mm-hmm. and then because they could compare it to like a fighting game with yeah. frames and stuff, yep. you know, block stun, hit stun, etc. Exactly. And so it was very comparable, just in a three D you know environment mm-hmm. instead of the two D that they're used to. So, yeah. I, so I'm, I'm sure as much as it was an easy transition for them to start playing that game, it was for you the other way around. Yeah, and understanding, you know, frame data, except it's in a two D plan now. Exactly. Or Tekken, which is still three D in a sense. Two D three D. So, so I did that, right? I was like, this isn't, this isn't too bad. I could get into use of this, but I like, man, I'm going to need to practice this a lot more because like these people have been playing this game for years. And I, if I want to, if I want to get nice at this game, I'm going to have to catch up. So I kept doing Tekken and then like Dragon Ball Fighters gets released. This game wasn't even on my radar, funny enough. I'm like, it's a Dragon Ball game. I don't mess with Xenoverse or anything. Are you a Dragon Ball fan or were you before that? I, I was a Dragon Ball fan. I, I still am, mm. right? But I've never really too fond of the games after Budokai Tenkaichi 3. Because right. I played Ultimate Battle on the Xbox 360. And it was a really bad fighter. Like, it was really hollow. Everything was a, a rock, paper, scissors. So you game. played some sort of fighting game before then. Right? Yeah, really? I but I like, wasn't really immersed at all into I wasn't games. immersed at all. Like I, yeah. I like the closest mine version was Budokai Tenkaichi three, but I've never played anyone else in that game. I've only played the story at home. Okay, gotcha. So so it's like that that's not really it. So I've done that, right? The other thing was I didn't have the next gen consoles yet. I still only had my PS three mm-hmm. and my Xbox three sixty. I had the Xbox One. Uh, but the only game I had on it was For Honor. Right, okay. But I had dropped it. I bought Tekken. I was like, okay, just Tekken. Let's do this. Because when I focus on something, I like to focus single-mindedly 
Um, I've gotten better at, at like multitasking now. But I used to like, all right, it's just Tekken. Fuck yeah, everything. That's all I'm doing right now. That's all I'm doing thing. right now, right? Yeah. So I was doing Tekken, and then they Microsoft invites me because they need numbers. They're like, yo, acoustics, we like your energy. Come up for Dragon Ball Fighters. We're doing a nice little invitational, right? So this invitational, this is how much I didn't know about the fighting game <laughs> community. The people at this invitational are Flux. Okay, yeah. Random Fiend, Necro on Dime, Grover, um, Yipes was there, because mm. Yipes even did commentary for them, because it ran for a couple weeks, and even, um, oh, dang, I forgot her name, uh, Yipes' is ex-girl, Persia, Persia, okay. so it was, it was, all of them were there, and like, I don't know any of them, so I'm like, man, this game seems simple enough, I'm gonna try it out, and I fell in love with the game, right, and I was losing to them, right, but I didn't know who they were. And a lot of players, yes, a lot of players, when they lose to people and they don't know it, they like to blame the, the game or the people they're playing, and they compartmentalize. And they're like, well, I lost because this dude is random. He's whack. Like, lucky I don't practice the game because hmm. then I smoked him. Right. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah. But I imagine. Which still imagine, sounds like you to this day. It, kind of, so. it, still, it still sounds like me. It's just, <laughs> just a little bit, just a little bit. But imagine you pull up in a room with Flux, and then you like you think to yourself, if if you knew who Flux was, you wouldn't say to yourself, I mean, well, Flux is just whack, and he's lucky I don't practice the game. Well, <laughs> it's interesting the people that that they that they picked, right? Because the game was new at the time. Yes, right? they picked. There, there was still, there was two. Chavo was there too. Okay, so they picked what it seems like they picked people that were either involved in Marvel, yes, which is which is how the game kind of felt with the whole tag battle three on three. They also pick people who are involved in the anime fighters. Yes. They right? also pick Light from Smash Bros. Okay. That's a random pick. I think that's like uh, when you do a control and experiment. <laughs> yeah, because that, that Smash has nothing to do with that game. Yeah, I know. You know? And then what it, as what it turns out, as we'll get into at some point, mm-hmm. none of these players are in what the current meta in the game. None of these players and personalities are involved in what the game is today. Yeah. So right. Yeah, so, but we'll get back into that. It was interesting just... Uh, Thought I just noticed, so but go ahead, sorry. Right, so I I was like, I don't like losing, no matter what game. Like you'll see me like now, I learn a lot more fighters. And that's who likes like, losing? No one likes losing, but I I really <laughs> I really don't like losing. It's to the point like I'll remember a loss even if it's like in a random casual match mm-hmm. to someone, even if it's in a game I don't play. I'm like, I'm gonna get nice enough at this game just to beat you, and then I'll leave it alone right. or something like that, right? That's one. That's one of the reasons why now I'm. I, I think it helped my commentary and even helped my gameplay because it's like taking taking a lot of information from other fighting games and like bringing it into my repertoire of knowledge. Like that's what's helped me evolve as both like a player and a commentator. So I was like, you know what? I don't want to lose to these guys and fighters again. Let me pick up fighters, right? So I pick up fighters because I actually like I like Dragon Ball. I love the villains in Dragon Ball too. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. Uh, I hate the protagonist. Goku's stupid. I like seeing people step on Goku because that, that's my shit. That's my shit. I'm like, like Goku's stupid. I hate him. I hate stupid pro- I hate stupid protagonists. I hate him. <laughs> so, <laughs> he is pretty dumb. He is pretty a, dumb. I, he, it's annoying how how the story of Dragon Ball has always revolved around him and literally has bailed him out of everything. Like, it has. Absolutely. He has to be the lowest IQ protagonist in it, all of protagonism absolutely and i hated it and that's why i always picked villain characters in dragon ball fighters you actually look at my team my first team was cell goku black android 16 some people say 16 isn't really a villain but like, eh, his original mission was to kill goku so he's on the team right so 
played that team. That team was really strong for the first season, right? I was I was okay at the game at the beginning, right? I was nothing too special. Uh, over time, I was like I was still stuck at low level. Like I could cheat certain people out, but I I'll admit now compared to what I do now, like I knew almost nothing about the game, right? I was just acting off instinct. It it was also because everyone was playing on PS4 because mm. tournament standard had switched over to PS4, right? So so I was like, damn, I only have Xbox One. Right, and I didn't really even have a brook adapter. Sometimes I got lucky, and at tournaments, people would let me use their brook adapter because they had one. Right. I didn't even know what adapter was until until they like. I was like, "Damn, I gotta play on a PS4 remote." He's like, "No, no, no, you can play on the Xbox. You got a brook adapter. I don't have a brook adapter. Use mine. Let's try it." I was like, "Oh shit, this, this is lit. Xbox One on on a <laughs> PS4. Let's go, baby." And but over time, I was like, mm, "I'm not feeling Xbox too more too much." And my and my Xbox One had even broken at one point. So I was like. Damn, how the hell am I supposed to practice fighters? I was like, I really like the game. So, you know what? I'll just keep playing. And I like the FGC enough that I just want to be there and be loud. I just want to be there and be loud. I wasn't too focused on being a top player yet, right? I was still just going through the motions. And I was like, man, I'm be, I, I was what they call a pot monster. It's like, yes. oh, it's like, Kusix is here? Oh, we get extra to the pot. That's it. <laughs> that, that was what Kusix used to be. Right. And... So, so I just did that. I ran through the motions with fighters, right? I ran through it even through season one to two. But I had, I got better towards season two. I had some upset matches and everything. And it was good. And people were like, oh, Kusa's coming to the stream? Oh, you know, he about to be ratchet during this match. Like, there's a match of me versus another player. And, like, I eat chicken in the middle of the match, in the set. <laughs> yes, I win the match, too. I win the match. <laughs> I eat chicken on the middle of the set. Uh, there's, I have a pop-off on Prodigy. That's absolutely hilarious. I'm like, no one's going to call me whack ever again. And I look at probably like, oh, but you ain't say it though. But I was talking to other people. <laughs> and I think like one of the funniest ones is, you know, Smooth Viper, right? Yes. So Smooth Viper also loves to talk shit like I do. So we used to, yeah. we used to just go back and oh, forth yeah. at the he, house. Oh, yeah. He had an history. But Yo, we're not going to get to that. Right. So at the tournament, right, he thought... Bum, this is at a this is at a, a house of chaos before COVID, right? And we're doing the match during season two, and Bum puts the names backwards on the thing. So Viper thinks I'm losing. He thinks I'm losing the match. I think I've seen this clip. You seen? You yeah. probably seen this clip. He's like, you paid sixteen dollars to come to this tournament and get washed up. You whack ass motherfucker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then I'm like, who's he talking to? Because Viper, I'm not losing this time. And Bum's like, oh, I got things passed around. He's like, wait, what? Go on! <laughs> I'm just like, yeah! And then and it's just going great. Like, I'm enjoying Fighter Season 2. I'm getting better at the game slowly but surely. My progress isn't fast, though, right? Uh, I'm still working security. Uh, I go to another local uh, from a video game cafe. This is this is one of the other people I've met in my life. Charles Tagino, the owner of Waypoint Cafe. Cinder, Shay, everyone there. You guys are, like, amazing, right? So I go to the cafe and I just start playing there because they have PS4 setups and me and the owner are chill and me and the, the other baristas and baristas that work there are chill. Like we're all friends. So I just go there. They introduce me to other fighting games because Cinder introduces me to Blaze Blue Central Fiction and he introduces me to Undernight, right? And at that point, I'm still kind of learning Tekken, but now I'm, I've, I've kind of like flipped off and I've switched to fighters, but I, I still have the common knowledge that when we play at the video game cafe, I usually, there are people who will come in, they just want to chill, they just want to play games, and I, I usually beat them, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just like, yeah, yeah, you know, we having fun, I'm learning other fighting games, and at that time, I'm like, 
what do I do now? Because I feel myself plateauing in one game, right? And I like talking a lot, right? So I'm like, I wonder how commentary would be. Because I see people do commentary, right? I like listening to like Yipes and Matrix. Because those were the ones that were like doing the main commentary for Dragon Ball around yes. season mm-hmm. one. I'm like, I wonder like, is there a way for me to get into this mix? Like, this seems fun. I'd like to talk to people, you know what I'm saying? And it was rough. Would you cite those two as like kind of like people that influenced you? Into they're, they're definitely my influence. They're okay. definitely my influence. Like, Yipes and Matrix are, are probably like the main reasons I like to get into commentary. And then when I started going to your tournaments at Chinatown Beatdown and everything, mm-hmm. Afro was another one because he showed me another side to commentary. I was like, hmm, this is a slow, methodical approach to commentary right. that's like very intelligent. I'm like, I like this too. Like, I like being loud. But man, he gives off this this aura of like he knows his shit. So and, you you have you you have your 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 commentary like influences from both sides. You got yeah. the, you got the analytical mm-hmm. from Afro Dynamic, color and, code and man. others, and then you're the color man. You, you could bring the comedy, the humor, the hype. You could do all. You could do it all. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I guess that makes you like kind of like a valuable asset in this situation where you can play on both sides depending on what you need to do. Yes, would have been a valuable asset if anyone had let me touch the mic. Right. There was a period of time, like, <laughs> there was a period of time where no one would allow me at a mic in the FGC. I understand it's also a clout thing at the time. What the hell is Kusik? This motherfucker coming in? Yeah, right. It is. It, it's kind of a, a popularity contest. Yeah, it's a little um, bit of popularity contest. We will be honest. Yeah, for, right? for, for me, looking outside, and I definitely have observed you before I got to know you. Yeah. Um. You, you're a very loud individual. Very, you know. But but <laughs> that's okay because you also have you know you have the gift of gab. Mm-hmm. Um. People enjoy your company and, and talking to you. That's that's always you know key. I'm sorry. I never saw you as someone that was dangerous. Yeah. Like I I. I've observed people in the community for many years now, mm-hmm. and I know simply because how, you know, and this is really doesn't hold no bearing. But sometimes, if you analyze how people talk naturally, like there's some people that can't go two seconds without saying a curse word. Yeah, right. Yes, and don't get me wrong, I'm, I curse every day. I curse every day for some reason. Well, I, I, and as a, as a kid who didn't curse until high school, because that's how much of a good kid I was, mm-hmm. it, it kind of bothers me that I, I can't get through a day without saying a curse word, you know? Because <laughs> that's just life. And as yeah. an adult, you know, life sucks, so you, you, you F this, F that. Um, but, um, yeah, like, so so observing you, you know, I, I, I saw that you can just have people gravitate to you and people are comfortable to you. And mm-hmm. if you can do that there, you can do that. With just your voice, you can do that. Anywhere your voice can be heard, mm-hmm. right? So I'm sure that would have been the natural progression. Mm-hmm. And I remember you asking me to be in concert. That's fine, like you know, like it was a I I because I know what it's like. Yeah, I know what it's like. Um, one of the stories I, I love to tell um is how we met uh, uh Dre from Bibliotechy. Mm-hmm. Um, Bibliotechy is one of the prominent FTC streamers and black streamers in, in the gaming community. Mm-hmm. Uh, here from Brooklyn, New York, and when we started KPB. Back in 2011, um, there used to be uh, this uh, gaming shop called uh, 8-Bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're still around, but they just moved somewhere in the Elson City. But at the time, they did a lot of tournaments. Mm-hmm. So one of our first tournaments as a group outing, we went to the Mortal Kombat tournament. And Biblioteki was streaming. And I the first time I met Biblioteki, I never really heard of him up until that point, but the first time I met him, uh, I knew there were streamers. Like It was really not a lot of streamers in FTC at the time. Mm-hmm. It was mainly spooky, um, yeah. kind of like, you know, was like kind of the, the forefather of like FTC streaming. Yeah. And um, 
you know, I met Biblitechie, and uh, he led us on the mic. My, this is my first time. I'm like, I, I had no business analyzing. It's more like, ooh, ah, ooh, he got yeah. it. <laughs> you know, like, you know, so, but but it was just a chill situation, and yeah. he gave us the opportunity, you know, just to be on the stream, you know, exactly. and then even, even with just a, just a little ragtag group that we had, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I saw you on so-and-so stream, you know, and then that kind of picks up thing, you know, and it's like, I ended up doing my fair share of commentary over the time, you know. So, definitely, I, I, I you know, I, I and, and because of that, I, I always remember that situation all the time, and I try to pay it forward. So, I see people like you, who, like, at the time, maybe because nobody knows you enough, and they're going to let you on. Yeah. I'm like, that's not a reason. You know, who, who are you trying to impress? So, you know, if you have to lay, lay down some ground ones, okay, don't, mm-hmm. don't curse too much. Don't curse, know? don't say that in words. You know, I... I'll get into that after you after you finish. <laughs> you know, and just, and then just let them let them be, and then yeah. see where it goes. And and you know, and this is not to pat ourselves on the back, but I've had a lot of people cite us and say, "Yo, you let me on your mic, and now I'm doing this." Yeah, you know, yeah, um, that's so true. People like you know Aru from the Carol community. You know, he's always said that. Like he, he, when when we met him, he was just a player, and then getting to know the community and the New York community, he transitioned to a, a, a commentator over mm-hmm. time. And it ended up doing commentary for Evo. Yeah, and that's a short amount of time. That's like two years. Some people yep. have been waiting their whole lives to do commentary for Evo and can't make it for one reason or another, which I won't get into. But you know, um, but yeah, so definitely, like we we saw you and it's like, yeah, let man speak. You know, I cringed. You're very <laughs> you're very loud. Yeah. You, you know, I think you might you know destroy my mixer. Well, I, I was peaking every mic I was on. Yeah. No, we had quality. We wasn't peaking on something. Yeah. <laughs> A mixer. You, yeah, we mix- yeah, we, you know, we wasn't messing around. But go ahead. Yeah. So at that time, I was like, damn, I don't have enough clout to get in this commentary thing. What can I do? Right. So I would like go over to other tournaments. Even I was like backseat commentating matches. I was fine with that for a while. But I was like, damn, let me, let me get on the mic, man. Let me spit. Let me spit my 16 bars. You know? So I have to thank them. They're no, they're the cafe. Well, so don't get it confused. There's Waypoint Cafe, mm-hmm. but there was a Waypoint Gaming Center in Long Island. Mm-hmm. And oh, they're they, two different ones? They're two different ones. Okay, wow. Okay. They're two different ones. Okay. And I have to thank the owner there. Uh, if, I definitely hope he sees this video. But he was one of the first people to let me on a mic, even before you guys, right? And he's the one that taught me how to contain myself right. on the mic. He was I like, think I, you should contain yourself. I think we're peaking now with your voice. You got Bring it down. We're not at an event. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so um, he told me about how to like control myself on the mic as well, too. Because mm-hmm. he's like, all right, bro. We're kind of trying to keep it esports here. So you can't drop the N-word on, on the thing. Right, you know right, what I'm saying? Plus, don't, yeah. don't curse too much. We're not going to restrain you because I know how you do. I know you like to be in the hype. So I did that for a while. I always used to go there. That's where I also got better in Dragon Ball Fighters. That's where I met a mini assassin. Childish Vegito and like we're still good friends to this day. Like I met Luciano, mm-hmm. the Lamore brothers. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. how I met them. Shout out to the Lamore brothers. Yo, the Lamore sure. brothers are great. Yeah. I love those awesome two. Awesome guys. So yeah. I love you guys. You guys yeah. awesome. So that's how I met them. I met them in like Long Island and I met them at uh Chinatown Beatdown. So I did commentary there, right? Um, I did commentary there and then I approached you guys. I'm like, um, would you guys ever be willing to let me do commentary? And of course, you guys were so gracious to actually let me do it, right? And I was like, man, this is great. Uh, and then I also, this, this is also another shout out, shout outs to Health and the guys at iFix Machines because they let me do commentary for Tekken there. Mm-hmm. And most, that's that's funny enough how like a few Tekken people know me because I was the guy that would add to pot. And I was like, I'm a round star Dragon Tail with martial <laughs> law. They're like, that's a terrible choice of move. Really? Yes, <laughs> it is. 
but I'm still going to do it. <laughs> that's that's even how I met Tanisha then. Like, because right, okay. she was at iFace Machine. So funny enough, like, I met a lot of you guys separally mm. before I even that's got to the works. team. That's how, that's how it works. I got, that's how I, it works. I, we were in the same places. So, yep. you know, we, we, I, we worked Defending North every year, mm-hmm. except maybe the second year, I think. Yep. So we were there when you were playing. You know, we just, I, I knew that you had a small room downstairs, you know. Yep. But uh, yeah, we were. I think we were downstairs in the small room. I think that year too. I think we were. Yeah. In, uh, opposite room. I think doing uh Marvel. So we were. Wow. We had, we had the biggest room in downstairs in the basement. I think we were doing okay. like some. I think I think we did MK and Marvel that year. Something very quiet year. Yeah, it was quiet year. It was yeah. quiet year. But uh, yeah. We, so that, that's one thing you learn in this community that it's it's huge, you'll you'll run into everyone sooner or later. It's really small. It's huge, but it's small. And like sooner or later, you. You make friends with people that you've seen about a thousand times mm-hmm. already. You know whether it's in the game or just from seeing each other all the time. Uh, yeah, you know it's just, it's how how close the community yet how big the community is. At the same yep. time. So yeah, always a beautiful thing. It was a beautiful thing. So uh, after that, I got like my commentary chops. I was kind I was kind of still learning, right? Uh, time goes by, and this is mid season two of Dragon Ball. Uh, I start, I started a thing, right? Because, uh, at Waypoint Cafe, this is one that's separate from the esports arena. Uh, they held a tournament there. And funny enough, this is also where I get the name from my thing. Cause it's called Square Button Massacre. Mm-hmm. It was a tournament there and I got second place. And second place got this bad boy. <laughs> they got it out. This, this L is pretty old, actually. Like this, this L has been with me for a minute now. So you were the, actually always holding the L. I always hold on. I keep it with me. <laughs> Funny enough, I keep it as a reminder of like where I started. Okay. And that I'm always striving to be the best. Okay. And until I be the best, I gotta hold out. Gotta hold out. You gotta I, hold out until until you're the best, right? You gotta so, hold the L until you get the W. Until you get the W, I gotta hold out. Like this, this L literally stays in my book bag with me. A lot of people like really just keep. I like I keep it with me at all times because it's I have to. It's a reminder, mm-hmm. and also it's a really funny gag prop. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. So I do that right, and Dragon Ball Dragon Ball was suffering for a bit during season two. Because why I, was that? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I'll answer that for you right now. Right? So we were suffering with the fact that people had discovered fuzzies in the game yeah. towards the beginning of season two. And because of how meter gain in the game worked, you didn't lose you didn't lose meter uh when you used it at still at this point. There there wasn't really a meter penalty and there wasn't an assist penalty during block strings, mm-hmm. and there was this thing called snap. And snap was auto-timed because you always appeared in the same place uh, of where they snapped at the same time. You couldn't control you couldn't control the time you snapped and everything. Right. So people figured well, out before you continue, can you explain to people who don't know what, what, what fuzzy is or what fuzzy So is? so fuzzy is when a character can hit you with an overhead on the frame where you're trying to crouch block. So in fighters, what would happen was when people would snap you, and so just just to give you like an idea of how fuzzy'd work, you would come out right, and you'd still be in the air. And in fighters and a lot of anime games, when people are blocking in neutral, they like to block low, right? It's their favorite position. It's their favorite position. The problem in the game was the game would register that when you block low, you were still standing for a period of time before you went low in fighters, so people could do an additional overhead, and you had to get hit by it. 
And it was a 50-50 because if you messed up and crouch blocked too soon, you would get hit with a fuzzy. And then if you blocked the fuzzy, you still got jailed afterwards. And then people had their assists, so then you got mixed. And then there was... It was so bad. It was so bad. It was terrible. And then some characters had mix-ups that were like, you actually couldn't see. This is, again, one of the nerfs they had to do in Season 3. You couldn't see certain characters' moves because they would make explosions during setups. And they were masking. And they were masking the move. So you couldn't see. Like, that's, like you actually couldn't see the mix-up. And, like... Then, then because there wasn't meter penalty, they would get, they would get, they would either use a meter for the mix-up, get that same meter back, snap you, force your character to guess on a 50-50, then swap you in again, and just keep doing that. And in Fighters, that was terrible, and you couldn't play any character that was bigger than Cell. Because if you played any of the characters bigger than Cell, they held an extra jump on the fuzzy, right? Like, they, they got fuzzied by everyone. Right, small characters, little bastards, didn't get the extra fuzzy. The only person that could do that to them was Piccolo. Right. So, so it was really bad because everyone essentially ran like the same two characters for the entire season, and it was just snap meta, snap meta, snap meta, and like you, you had to keep guessing on block. Like it didn't matter if you were good at defending because like you were, you were throwing a die, like you weren't right. defending. So so people people had a problem with that and they're like, man, this game is in a real bad position because everyone's doing the same thing over and over. And people were like, well Fighters is dying, right? And I was like, damn, I really hope Fighters don't die. Like what can I do? Right. And they said, well we're gonna work on they ended up this was the worst part about it, right. It was a year of no patch. They said, oh, yeah, we're not patching the game for this entire season, which lasted almost a year. And I probably it's because they had a whole thing invested in... In, uh, in, uh, in season three. Right. Well, also, they had a po- the post was started that, that year, right? Yes. So, yes. so that, and that's the thing. Like, it's... it's there were so, so many things From a business happening. standpoint, you, you can't start a pro tour and then, like... Because Capcom, I think, does this. Or they kind of almost do it. They, they almost do it? They change the game considerably in the middle of the tour. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, like, that's kind of like... I don't, I don't agree with that too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if that was Nam- Bamco's stance, yeah. uh, I understand it. But it was such a horrible time, I guess. So I do remember towards the end of season two, people that, were really yeah, hating So the that, that, that was the thing that was kind of keeping people in. They were kind of say, we'll see how the world championship goes before we decide to jump ship. Right. World champion happens, right? Season three is getting announced uh, at the end of the world championship. You're like, oh, season three, let's see what they do. Everyone's like, they better do something crazy or else I'm going to leave fighters. I'm going for fighters. This game is dying, right? Mm-hmm. Season three happens and we... Is that when they do the assist change? No. That's when they, they do the assist change. Okay. They do the meter penalty changes. They do the snap changes. They change things defensively. And like the game, to, to this day, I tell people season three of fighters is still the best season of fighters, hands down. If you like season two, that's because you ran a one-brained offense mm-hmm. and you were happy winning, and you should just admit that. You shouldn't say, "Well, the game was better because it wasn't better." You right. just had an easier plan of winning. Right. Like it was easier. It was easier to win season two. It's much harder now. That's why you see people get smoked random right. because boom, you explode and <laughs> it's fun. All right now, the messed up thing is we had gotten whispers of COVID before season three because season three we only had a week. Before everything went into shutdown because of right. COVID, mm-hmm. so there was there was one tournament of, of House of Chaos uh, before everyone had to go in lockdown. People were like COVID that people were kind of taking serious, right? And like, 
because there wasn't that many deaths at the time, right? So people were like, well, they just, they were like no, we're, we're going to immediate shutdown right now. So people were like, damn. And then that's when like people had to do net play, right? And then that's why I was screwed because at this time, I still didn't have a PS4, right? right? I had an account and everything because I would go to tournaments. And I'm like, well, people still need an account to do to do stuff and not all small places have DLC. So I whenever I get a game, I always get all the DLC. Hmm. So even if anything happens at a tournament, I'm like, oh yeah, just use mine or whatever. Something like that. So I, I had that, but I had no PS4. I didn't have internet in my home. Um I was like barely just making right. So it was like, nah, all right, I'm kind of screwed right here. You know? So I I ended up getting lucky. This is this is like the biggest breakthrough for me. Is I hit a bump and bum. I asked bum, like, yo, bum, I don't have a PS4, I don't have internet, so I can't enter your online because bum decides immediately, okay. So, well, not immediately, but a couple weeks after, he's like, I'll do online tournaments for Dragon Ball, right? And pe- no, one, no one ever had these arguments about netcode in the game because everyone's happily playing locals. That's why I cherish what you love, support your locals when they come back. Right, because now you see how it is when you just stuck always online. So, so Bum does that, and I asked Bum, um, "Can I come to your crib and play from your crib online?" And he's like, he gets back to me. He's like, "You know what? Fuck it, let's go." Before this time, Bum had known me because I always came to the house of chaos. And I was loud, right? But other than that, Bum didn't know me know me that much. Like it still wasn't. He would let me on the mic. He still, so he, he he lets me in to do the tournament that day, right? I'm just joking in the background. And I asked Bum, yo, Bum, let me do commentary for this match, right? And that clip actually went viral because there's a there's a clip where I just start doing like an Australian accent. Cause <laughs> <laughs> it, it it it's like it's like everyone's just dying in there. I'm like, he's a wall masher. He's he's mashing in the wall and he's trying to get him with a punish, but he's too quick for me. He can't get him with his Zuki. He's like, <laughs> and, he, and I, I'm just like, I'm like, it's just cracking up. Everyone's cracking up. I, I love bon, it. I can see Bun's face. <laughs> you know, right? And people are like, yo, who is this? This shit is funny. Yo, bring him back. And Bum was like, all right. So we'll bring him back. We'll let him keep doing commentary. And from there, that's how some people start knowing me. Like before, for like like COVID, and, and it was a curse for many people because like it it fucked things up. But like in some ways, it also I like it helped me the most because like that's that's how people knew me from the online tournaments. Like I'm also sad because of how much COVID has taken from people. I like even took one of my aunts in Long Island, but it's like at the same time, like I don't know how. Things would have gone without without the the lockdown, but like because of lockdown, I got like the opportunity of a lifetime because there was only so many platforms that immediately adjusted to dealing with only doing things online. Right. So when that happened, I had a following of about four hundred and thirty people on my Twitter beforehand. So now, as of as of right now, I am at. Two thousand seven hundred and something. You're about to be verified. <laughs> <laughs> I might get randomly. I hope I get randomly verified. And I'm just like, wow. Like, cause from there, everyone had been watching the HOC because it was the only one that was still doing Dragon Ball. Right. Besides Spooky, but you know, people mainly like Spooky for Street Fighter, and 
HOC, like, people like Ratchet. Let's, let's be honest. People love Ratchet. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people like to see people get to the nitty-gritty. Right. You know what I'm saying? You know, sometimes so, there's a market for it. There's a market for it, right? So through that, I'm able to get my following, and people start noticing my commentary. Mm-hmm. I'm like, they're like, yo, this guy is funny. And I, I start studying up on Dragon Ball even more to like to the extent I wasn't before. Like mm-hmm. I was I was playing the game. I was just shitting around. I was like, you know what? Let me really put my mind to this thing and everything. So I'm doing, I'm playing Dragon Ball, actually trying to learn the game, studying up to do commentary. And then like the opportunity of a lifetime comes. Bum, Bum messes me like in the middle of the night. He's like, yo, acoustics. We have to be on our A game for the next couple of weeks. I'm like, why? And he's like, I'm only going to tell you and Posey, because me, me, him, and Posey were kind of like doing, we were swapping through commentary at the house at the time. He's like, uh, got like a message from Damascus. Because season three, Damascus and Tyrant, who are also great people, check out their stuff. Like, I, that's why I thank them so much. They paid attention to the community, like just beyond the borders of the of the EU, because they didn't have to. They could have just made sure EU eight, UK eight, and like everyone in Europe eight, and they could have said, "Man, fuck everybody else. We don't have to worry about." It. They made Tyrant and Damascus like creative directors of how they wanted to do uh, Dragon Ball in the middle of this pandemic, and they had hit a bum. They were like, "Yo, we're looking at the people from the HOC." Uh, Bum recommend us some people for commentary. We're trying to get something going, and this is before the world championships. So I make sure my commentary is on point for the next couple of weeks, and I try to go up even higher levels of it. And then like that's when Damascus hits me up. And I'm like, he's like, hey, acoustics, what's your Discord in your email? He's like, Bandai might be interested in knowing those. I'm like, what? <laughs> Yo, I'm in my house like. <laughs> I'm like, but I'm gonna keep my mouth shut because I know how these type of things go. You got to keep a sense of discretion, right? And it was like, I was like, oh my god, this is really gonna happen? Because I know, I know people, people still consider me a joke in the community. They're like, who's still garbage? Who's still whack? You just there to be loud and ratchet, right? Mm-hmm. There was even people who had said in their streams, they're like, they were like, this motherfucker is just doing fun. He's just doing ratchet shit. The house of chaos. And then when majors are gonna come back, people are gonna he's gonna get laughed at when he tries to ask to do commentary at places, yeah. but he won't be able to do it. He's like right. just, they like just but being, see, but literally they know that at this point you don't have to ask anymore. Yeah, they're gonna come to you exactly. They're gonna see the work that you put in, you know. And I, we talked about it before you went on there, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we, we jokingly we were like, I'm like, I asked you, you know, you have haters or not, and you you, you said no, and then you, then you thought about it, and like, yeah, I got a couple of haters. And I said when you said initially when you initially said no, I said that's not a good thing. You gotta have haters because if you don't have haters, that means no one cares about what you're doing. Yeah, and that you're not doing enough, mm-hmm. right? So, so when you have haters in this lifetime, you're, you're on to something. Yeah, you're doing something. And here we are today. You know, people hating. Mm-hmm. You know? Is, is that is that a, a new thing for you now? Something you're getting adjusted to, or it, it's, it's, you brush it off your shoulders? It's odd because like I never really cared what people say. Mm-hmm. I always say like. I like I don't bother what people say. I gotta keep doing me. I'm a shark. I move forward. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't live unless I'm moving forward. Right. So I didn't really care about. It. But then like it was interesting to me. Like the more I grew, there was more people that like had my name in their mouth, mm. even in conversations where I wasn't there for. It. And then right. people would Typical. come. Yeah. yeah, I was like, why are people talking about me? There's nothing to talk about. I just do commentary, yell. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes I drop facts. Like that's yeah. it. And I'm like, well, pe- some people say you don't deserve the position. Blah blah blah. I'm like, damn, like. 
there are people who don't know the grind that I do. Right. Right. Of course. They, don't, they never know the behind the story. They just see the end product, right? They, they, and, they, and figure yep. that you were just placed there. You never earned your spot. You know. Exactly. And, you know, they, they say, well, we're gangsters move in silence, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you did what you needed to do. Exactly. You know, without telling the world, you know. Oh, I didn't tell. It. Yeah. That I like uh, the last. The funny enough, like I think the only people I told you I were were you and like Rage and our people in our private like yeah. KBB Discord. Like right. I didn't even tell my own pops about it right. until until it was confirmed course, and they yeah. already released it. Like I I was really tight lipped about a lot of stuff and that's why people were surprised to see my name as one of the commentators when it finally came down to this thing. And they were like, Kusik's in the national champion? I said, yeah. Like, unlike, like, people may laugh at it, but, like, I love the game a lot more than a lot of people, and I was willing to put the work in to, like, kind of learn the game and provide interesting and funny commentary to people. Because, like, people think commentary is easy, but not everyone can do commentary. And that's why I have a lot of respect for commentary. People cannot do commentary. Yo, people, everyone cannot do commentary. People cannot understand that they can't do commentary yep. and that it's much more than just screaming on a microphone. Yep. You know. Yeah. I, I like, I'll let people know like one of the funniest things like commentary is like part inter- entertainment, part analysis and like you have to be able great commentators are able to merge both of those when the time comes yep. or switch to one or the other entirely. Right. And like some people are like well uh, my friends say I'm funny. I'm like you could repeat one friend, one joke with your friends that's fine. That makes you funny amongst your friends, but that doesn't work on commentary. Right. You gotta keep improvising something new mm-hmm. or funny to people. And fresh. It's, it's gotta be fresh because mm-hmm. people on on Twitch they'll eat you up alive. Yeah. yeah. The motherfuckers in the comments, the motherfuckers on Twitch, the motherfuckers who go zero two, mm-hmm. like they'll they'll eat you up alive. The whole monster that never come out to yo events, what? You know, have the most to say. They yeah. have the most to say, and they they don't have anything to add, but they have the most to say, mm-hmm. and those people eat you up alive. I've ne- I so it, it's funny because like I went from like practically not having people speak about my name to like now I'll go on random like YouTube comments and I'm like damn they said this about me I just keep it moving but I'm like damn like people will say your name the larger you get like your name just pops up now right like and it, something trust me a lot of the shit they have to say is not nice sometimes I I run into the very good comments and I'm happy and I'm like yeah they're like yo then you run into comments like. Yo, can someone put a muzzle on this nigga acoustic or something? I'm like, I'm like, no, no, how, they can't. How do how do um people who who are in your life who are close to you that aren't involved in like fighting games when they hear about you doing stuff like this? Like, what's their reaction? What do they think about it? So my dad is kind of like iffy on it because right now, like, I, of course I get paid because I worked with Bandai Namco and they paid decent money. So my dad is like, he's like, it's just games, but I guess if they're giving you money, right? It's like, okay, dad, whatever, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's an old school mentality. That's an old school thing. I'm like, are, are, are you like you have older parents, like significant older parents, like like age gap? Um, it's pretty significant. It's like over thirty years because my mom had me like really old when she was like thirty something. Mm-hmm. So my dad is. 59 and I'm okay. only 21. Okay, yeah, so it's an age gap. It's a, so it's an age gap, and it's like mm. it's almost like, 40 years, right? Yeah, yeah or, like so. Yeah, so it's like he, he's really iffy on the games, but I'm like, like it, it, it's showing something. And like a lot of people said, like, who's you could really get into it? And I'm like, I really love it, so I'm trying my best to get into it. I know, and I know for some people, like it's really hard to transfer into like full time, either streaming or t- content creation. Like that takes a lot of work and dedication. So I'm like, 
all right, I know what I have to work on on my craft, and I'm going to try my best to be the best at what I do, right? Regardless of what people say about me or what they thought about acoustics on commentary or acoustics as a player. Like, I already know I'm punching from below. And right. and for a while, I'll keep punching from below. Mm. And I don't mind. I love being the underdog in a fight. I love when people think they're just going to beat me. It's going to be a free match because that's free money for me if you want to get down. Y'all know how I do. <laughs> and I, I just love it. I'm like... So, like, I've continued to work with Bandai. Like, um, I have to thank Abu and everyone there. Abu, Asenka, Damascus, Tyrant, everyone. Prospere. Because, like, they'll hit me up for... They just hit me up for Battle Hour. That, like, before this recording that we did today. And I'm just like, wow. You know, I really have to thank you guys for the opportunity. Because I was just another kid. Like, on paper, I'm just another kid that dropped out early. Mm-hmm. And went right into, like, menial labor. Right. But, you know, like, there's a lot of story behind it. But, like, on paper, that's how people think it is. Right. Right? So I was happy to give him the chances that I had. Like, between you guys, two KVB, like, you guys took me in, like, family, practically. And I always have to thank you guys for that. Uh, never. Yeah. Not, do that. Yeah, no. Just, just, I will, just I will. keep being who you are. That's all we ask. I always thank you guys. From all of our members. We just, you know, we ask you guys. We don't ask you guys for anything. We don't. Yeah. Like, just be you, you know, be the person that, you know, attracted us to you, you mm-hmm. know, stuff like that. And, and never change. Never asking people to change yeah. at all, you know. So definitely moving forward. Um I, I wanna envision a world where we hopefully get back to what we used to do. Yeah. Um not going back because I don't like that term anymore. I don't want to go back. Mm-hmm. I, we to the world, definitely right? gotta move on to better. We, we gotta move on. We gotta evolve. This is a situation that we don't know where it's gonna take shape. We don't even know if something else is on the horizon that's just as deadly or worse. So mm-hmm. The idea is to move forward, adapt and move forward, right, into yep. this new world. So well, hopefully we return to a, a space where we can be amongst each other, amongst each other in person and at events. Uh, do you have, like, any wish lists in terms of that? Like, do you see yourself one day at, at something as grand as an EVO, um, um, doing commentary? Um, what, what, what is that? What do, you, do you think about these things? Yeah, I, 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 like, so when I first saw, like, Yipes and Chris Matrix. Like, I always, again, because I started in FGC real late, I had to, like, look up stuff to learn about guys because I, apparently I was meeting amazing people mm. and, like, I didn't even know. I'm, right. like, I'm like, so, like, I just, I looked them up and I was like, man, these guys get to do this, that. And I, I saw the stages on Evo and everything. I'm like, yo, I want a moment like this. Like, I want, I want to feel that moment in, like, I just want to like commentate legendary events, or at least I want to play in those. Like I want to be somewhere a part of that. And I was like, man, what? How much work do I have to put in to to get to this level? I'm like, I'm going to do anything so that I could be at one of those major stages. So I'm like, Kusix was there when this happened, and like he's in the vid or he's in the clip. And now when they do like when they do uh, when they do the compilation videos, it's like a compilation of craziest acoustic moments on the mic or something like that. Like. I I, re- I really I really want that, but like at the core of it, I also want I also want people to laugh, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of my life that was a struggle, right? But I was like, man, this shit is funny that they're doing it, and I know there's people who are at home who like at the end of the day, some of these people just laugh because it's entertainment, and sometimes it's just to distract them from the real problems they have in their life. And I was right. like, like of course I have grand dreams. Like who doesn't have grand dreams? Like I want a commentate a major as big as evil. I want to travel. Like I want to go 
to the EU. I want to go to the UK, EU somewhere. I want to get out of like America and even commentate some, somewhere there. Or like, I just want to do, or even play somewhere there. Right. But at the end of the day, like I want people to be able to look at what I do and smile. Okay. That's, that's the real goal. As much as my personal ambitions are, the real goal for me is I want someone to be able to look at this no matter what I do, I want them to be able to smile and enjoy themselves for either how brief or how long it is. And that's that's what I really want. Nice, nice. I, I hope, you know, you do achieve those goals, like, mm-hmm. you know, when, when the world allows us to. Yep. And that you just keep pushing forward in, in that aspect and just, you know, putting on a great show. I think, you know, you, you I watch you even today when you're doing stuff and the times before and like, you're, you're you're on the fly innovative. You're not hev- heavily on the catchphrases, which is nothing wrong. Some people have oh, yeah. Sometimes made a living on yeah. catchphrases. Some of the best commentators do, but you know, you 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 have maybe one or two words, and then you're constantly just coming up with something new each time and stuff. And not just to be funny, but to also analyze yeah. and explain and break down what's going on, which I think is very important because people always bump into stuff like this. There was someone right now is probably just seeing what you're doing for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what is this? You know? And, yeah. and you're, they're able to break it down for them and like have them understand. They're like, oh, okay, I get it now. And then one day that person may find you and say, hey, you know, I, this is where I saw you for the first time. And you know, you, you it, it could be a, a simple thank you. It could also be aspiring for them to want to do it. So it's a thing like that you think about when you're in this community and how you, not only how you become inspired, but how you inspire others mm-hmm. and stuff. That I always think that's like a wonderful thing about being a part of this community. Definitely. For sure. Um, I know you don't have a lot of like time in the community, but we, we talked about inspiration, like, and you mentioned, of course, Yipes and Chris Matrix. Like, mm-hmm. Who else? Do you look up to as far as a gamer, someone in the community? Uh, who, who who are people that you admire in the community? Oh, so of course you already know. I have to give it up to our own the voice, my man Afro Dynamic. Mm. Guy guy has an amazing body of work. Even if even if he does he doesn't brag, he's incredibly humble about it. Like, mm. It's it's like the way he can just control the essence in a room just by just by sitting there and just like smiling. Yeah, is is amazing. Smooth jazz voice. Yo, he is smooth. That man is as smooth as Luke Cage. The Bob Ross of concert. Exactly. Right. I have to thank him. Uh, of course, like you and Rage, like like the things you do behind the scenes. Like I, I'm actually like envious of like the things you guys have Don't been able. Be. It's, it's not I, fun. I know it's not fun. Like I know it's not fun. But like you guys, like I appreciate the quality of the work you guys do. Thank like you, you guys you. are absolutely amazing. Like I appreciate that. I have to thank Retro. Retro, like Retro. Retro is one of the first to accept me as like his little nephew. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And shout out to Retro. Um, I want to thank. I want to thank Coach Steve. Actually, like Coach Steve and me talk a lot. And like he's probably one of the person, only person at FGC that I've talked to a lot of the hardships that I've had. And like Coach has always been open with like people around him and his followers about when it's tough for him. And I love his brand, Fight Forever, because I think that's like something that like I could you could always just get on board with fighting for Coach. You've been mentioned so many times on our podcast. You need to come on here so people know who you are, man. And yeah. people know who you are, but for people to really know who you yeah, are. Yeah, people to really know, like, you coach need to come amazing. Well, that's for another time. So that's for another time. I want to thank um, them. I have to thank... Now, this, these are my personal people. Like, they're not... They don't go heavy in the gaming community. I have to thank Shay. I have to thank uh, Lapras. 
um, they're brothers. Um, and I want to thank them because they, they're the people that actually taught me like fighting games, like, cause I was, I was okay at a certain level, but they're the ones that elevated my game to another level, uh, especially in the multitude of games that I've started learning now. So I want to thank them when they see this, uh, I got to thank all my other like training partners, Remy, Rich, uh, thank Joe Rod. Joe Rod is part of the reason I'm even able to do this because he rides me around the places. Right. So he, he, like he drives me all the way from Brooklyn to Bronx, like consistently every Saturday. Mm. Right. And that's, that's amazing. And he lives in Mount Vernon. Mm, okay. So he, he would drive me every Saturday. So like, I have to thank Joe Rod. Um, I just want to thank all the people that believed in me. I even want to thank the people that doubted me because the people who doubted me it wouldn't be possible without you guys. Hey, like, <laughs> like you need you need people to hate on you and you need people to love you. And I want to thank, I just want to thank the community, right? I know uh, it's been a very tough like year and some change now um, with all the incidents inside our community, right? But I think this is for the better, right? right. There's a lot of things we needed to clean up, even as someone who came in really late i see the changes we can make for the better and i hope we continue working towards that so like i just want to think fighting games man they really actually changed my life that is awesome that's why i really appreciate your time here um and it's late over here as we're recording so i want to cut it a little short mm -hmm. but i do want to bring you back in a future episodes you know oh yeah i'll have something i'll specific, have, I'll have more stories to tell of course me. mad story to tell um before we go uh how can people reach you to like, you know, thank you, to hate on you, um, to, uh, you know, so <laughs> ask you, for some advice, you know? I'll let you guys know. I accept all message requests on Twitter. I constantly monitor my Twitter because I know that's how a lot of people get in touch with me. And I always post my cap on there. Mm -hmm. So you can follow me on uh, on Twitter at Killer Kofi. Um, you guys can hit me up on Discord. My Discord is Acoustics. I'll even post it on my Twitter later on just so you guys can uh, message me. Um, going forward, when I start doing more content creation, uh, I'll have a, a Twitch and a YouTube. Uh, the YouTube is already Acoustics, so you guys, it's KPB Acoustics, so you guys can follow me there. And the, that's the, that's the YouTube. And then the Twitch is Acoustics. I just pop into people's chats as of right now, just to meet everyone in the community. But yeah, so you guys will be catching more of me later. And again, like the main way to contact me, Killer Kofi on Twitter. I answer all requests. I talk to everybody. I'm not Hollywood or bougie yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Kofi, for being on. We're definitely going to get you back in at okay. some point. Um, and just really get to know more about you and okay. just the things around yourself and what you do in the community. Uh, once again, thank you guys for listening and watching, depending on wherever your medium is for this. If you do want to listen and don't have the time to watch it on, say, Twitch or on YouTube, you can check it out on our podcast channels. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. That being said, I want to wish you guys all a safe and pleasant day. This is KB Rodimus Prime. Wish you all uh, to be good and take care until next time. Be good. This has been a KPB Media Works production. <laughs>